spoiled by fire. Uh, believe me when I tell you that I know it's been a long time coming and I appreciate the patience from all of you guys out there holding and waiting for new episodes. I've had people message me asking when it's going to be up and running and yes, I know it's been a while so I do apologise but we're here. And I really wanted to get back to this sooner because you know, I absolutely love doing what I do and I, and I try to bring you guys content uh, that you know, you're not going to find anywhere else. You know, outdoor related conversations that focus on bigger questions. We try to dive into topics, you know, more than you might be able to do on Facebook or on Instagram or whatever platforms you use. So I see this as a really valuable uh, place to talk. And as I said, I really wanted to get back to this sooner. So we're here. You know, but you know, due to a number of technical difficulties involving moving home, along with like a lot of pay paid like client work, you know, I just couldn't seem to make it work. Um, when I first got here to Finland, we were living in a small apartment, and it wasn't really fair to overtake the space for hours at a time, recording and interviewing. And on top of that, I was hotspotting off my phone, uh, which I had my Swedish phone number at the time, and it just had a tendency to keep dropping off and lagging the whole time you know and essentially killing the flows the flow of the conversation I was having um, so uh, you know I even tried recording in in my bell tent uh, that I had set up in my girlfriend's sister's garden uh, but it was too close to the road and motorbikes and cars and lawnmowers were, were constantly interrupting me so you know but alas we are here now we're ready to go and uh, you know, there's a bit of an echo in the new apartment because we don't have much furniture yet. Uh, the rooms are a bit bigger. Um, so as you guys know, I've never been a master of audio quality, but uh, again, appreciate you guys sticking by me nonetheless. Um, but you know, I consider this to be a new season, I suppose, of the show. It's been so long and so many things have changed. I feel like this is kind of a revival of sorts. Yeah, a new beginning with the podcast, with new ideas coming ahead. Uh, Jeremias, he's my co-host now officially, and he'll be joining me on a lot of the episodes to come. Right now, he's out working contract work on rivers up north, um, involved in rewilding and trying to fix waterways that have been manipulated by years of industry. Um, so he's... You know, he often spends days up there at a time because it's it takes so long to get out there and he's usually sleeping in camp or beside his campfire. So, Jeremias is a true outdoorsman and I consider him to be like the modern equivalent of some sort of trapper from the old days or something. He's a, he's a tough cookie and he's a contemplative thinker and I'm privileged to have him as a host with me and I always really love kind of uh, getting a, a chin wag in with him and uh yeah so he'll be he'll be he'll be uh coming off the rivers in a few months and i believe he'll be joining us much more but until then i think you're you're stuck with me um i have a number of interviews i've recorded over the last few months uh, one of which i'll be sharing with you here um but i'll get to that a little later um but right now i want to welcome you all back to the show i'm really excited about the prospects of what lies ahead for the show and I do plan on keeping this going for a while yet. I've often thought maybe, I don't know, like a hundred episodes would probably be enough. I was thinking this at the time when we were bringing out like two and three, sometimes three episodes a month and I felt like it would arrive sooner than later but 
obviously we've slowed down a little. So it seems appropriate that we're kind of roughly at the halfway point now um, with six, 46 episodes under our belt. That is, 46 is a staggering number to me. Like, I don't know, at an average of, I don't know, 90 minutes a show, that's what, about 70 hours, 70 plus hours of talking. Um, I hope someday this collection of conversations will be some sort of aural record of the times we're in. I, I wonder if at any point in history our little niche of the world has been so documented or so well documented. I have conversations with people like Dave Canterbury and Ed Stafford, Paul Curley, Jim Baird. You know, I imagine these names will probably be remembered in our community for a while yet. And, and it's amazing to have these voices recorded with me. You know, it's it's a real pri- privilege and I don't take that for granted. And I do cont- plan on, you know, continuing that. Um, you know, some people have gone back and listened to the show over twice again. So, you know, let's see how close we can get to 100 episodes before I, I run out of things to say. Uh, hopefully you won't get too bored of me. Um, and of course, if you like the show and you would like to help me to continue to do it, you can do so by, you know, sharing the show on your Instagram and things, Facebook, opening up conversations and obviously reviewing the podcast in podcast apps and things like that. And um, and of course, you can su- subscribe to our Patreon. Um, you know, we have we have a website. We've got cloud space. We've got recording apps and, and all of those things require monthly subscription bills and you know at the very least you guys help sustain that with the patreon um and if you sign up on top of on top of like obviously helping the show um you'll get exclusive merchandise uh, access to content and things like that so if you want to help uh, look for the trial by fire podcast on patreon and contribute whatever you can it's it's really really appreciated um but look let's let's get on with the show i what I wanted to talk to you today about was 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 the idea of freedom and freedom, but also like being alone and isolation. Uh, something that comes up uh, in the interview that you're about to hear. My my guest today is a man named Kim Crone, or I can't say it in Danish. It's like Kron, Kim Crone. Um, if you're not from Denmark, you would be forgiven for not knowing who this guy is. Um, in short, he's he's a marine biologist, he's an outdoorsman, and he also won the Danish version of The Alone Show a couple of years ago. Uh, he grew up in Greenland, and uh, he was often left to his own devices for weeks on end, even, even as a young boy. Um, and there's something almost, I don't know, like, almost magical about him. Um, I was enthralled by uh, his conversation, listening to him and hearing his philosophy on life. Really, really interesting guy. Um, but, but one of the things that struck me, though, was his love for isolation, almost to an unusual sense. I've never known anybody that seems to thrive so much on being alone. I've spoken to some people on here who have voluntarily subjected themselves to long bouts of isolation, um, oftentimes in wild places. You know, the desire to be alone, I believe, is a trait that we all as outdoors people can often feel or think we need or want. You know, but I think the comfort of knowing that at any point we can return to our homes and our families, you know, normal lives, you know, I think is it, it makes it that much easier to enjoy small bouts of isolation or, you know, whether that's solo hiking or camping alone. And, you know, why is why is that so appealing to us? I don't know. You know, I I never solo camped until I lived in Imeln in Sweden and. You know, I solo camped mainly because I didn't have anybody else to, to head out with. So 
I wanted to camp on the lake, I had to I had to do it myself. It is a scary thing at first, but somehow it kind of starts to feel normal after a while. And then I think eventually even having people at camp with you is like a rare treat. Um, but I suppose it depends on how often you do go out. And and you do learn some, some skills by yourself. Like I learned how to solo canoe, for example, uh, paddle a canoe by myself and quite a heavy canoe as well. Not like a, a small one, like a enough of a canoe that can fit three to four people in it. So I would love to try and solo canoe with a smaller canoe at some point and see uh, if it's made a difference. It's almost like running with weights on your on your ankles or punching with, with weights on your on your on your wrists. I think if you get into a smaller, lighter boat, then I think it's it becomes much easier. But I, I've yet to test that theory, but I would love to try it at some point. Um, but it's something that I don't think I would have learned otherwise. Um, and I, and I, rec- I recently listened to an audiobook by Sebastian Junger. Uh, it's called Freedom. Uh, and if you, if you haven't uh, read it or listened, I really highly recommend it. It's, it's a short listen if you're getting in an audiobook. It's only about three hours. Um, but it's really dense. It's, it follows the journey of Junger and his three friends who for a whole year walked on the radar- railroad lines of the U.S., um, I've actually got a synopsis here that I'm going to uh, read for you guys because obviously this does it better. But uh, it says, throughout history, humans have been driven by the quest for two cherished ideals, community and freedom. The two don't coexist easily. We value individuality and self-reliance, yet we are utterly dependent on community for our most basic needs. In this intricately crafted and thought-provoking book, Sebastian Junger examines the tension that lies at the heart of what it means to be human. For much of a year, um, Junger and his three friends, a conflict photographer and two Afghan war vets, um, walked the railroad lines of the East Coast. It was an experiment in personal autonomy, but also interdependence. Dodging railroad cops, sleeping under bridges, cooking over fires and drinking from creeks and rivers, the four men forged a unique reliance on one another. In Freedom, Younger weaves his account of this journey together with primatology and a boxing strategy, and the role of women in resistance movements and Apache renegades, and the brutal reality of life on the Pennsylvania frontier. I think that book, along with this interview um, that you're about to hear, work really nicely together. Uh, like, I don't have any answers here. Um, just this tension between self-reliance and the reliance of society and systems to work so that we can be self-reliant uh, is very interesting to me. Um, again, it's something that Jeremias has spoken about regarding his homestead. The fact that he can go to the store is a comfort which makes being mostly self-reliant even more enjoyable, I think. Um, but look, that's, uh, that's my Jerry Springer moment for today. Uh, as I said, I don't necessarily have any answers for you, just questions about this stuff. And yeah, I would love to know what you guys think. So feel free to get in touch about anything that you uh, find interesting in this episode. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to leave you with this interview. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Really interesting guy. Really fun to talk to him. Um, And welcome back to the show. It's been a long time coming, as I said, but we're back. We're going to do it. And uh, yeah, let's let's enjoy being in each other's presence and take care and i will see you guys in another episode very soon so take care and bye bye um but kim thank you so much for coming and talking to me today we're uh, currently uh, kind of on this the last bit of the first day of the danish outdoor festival yeah uh, you had a talk today and you were talking about your experience with uh 
on the Alone Show and everything like that, on the yeah. Danish Alone Show. Um, could you tell us a little bit about your experience and like what it is that you do and, you know, who is Kim, you know? Yeah. Well, Kim, first of all, <coughs> thanks for, for having this talk with me. And um, uh, who is Kim? Um, I'm a guy from Greenland. Okay. Uh, I, I left the, the world's biggest island in uh, 2000 and I settled down in Denmark and I basically stayed there ever since. And um, and in Denmark, I I got educated on a higher degree as a biologist within research and genetics. Wow! Uh, studying wow. Uh, yeah, studying uh, salmon populations in Greenland with uh, genetic markers and stuff. So it's kind of really really uh, specialized yeah. uh, field of study. Uh, and uh, I always thought that I wanted to do something within research and genetics and salmon in, in Norway afterwards, but it wasn't meant to be. And later on, I I also got a small education as a, as a, as a change agent, a green change agent within environmental health and uh, sustainability. And I got to work with that uh, for some time in, in companies. Okay. Uh, because sustainability uh, as, as a concept can be uh, inter interpreted quite wide and uh, and and that was very interesting to work with working with people on the floor and on also on the management level and then I I had this feeling of, of of need to look deeper into myself and I started to educate myself within uh, coaching and neuropsychological coaching and also mental training. Okay. Uh, so I got several degrees in that field. Wow. And uh, and that was a big journey for me. Yeah. Uh, it was a journey within myself, uh, and that opened a lot of doors for me. It opened uh, my mind basically. Sure. And it uh, it was a direct passage into you know what was most important for me. Who 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 am I? Who am I? Yeah. And. What are my values and what are the most important things in life? What what can I do with myself? How can I put myself in the best possible uh, position? How can I use myself best way at any time? So it was a, a huge journey for me, and that actually launched my 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 final step into the the the, the basically it was a boy dream of. Of uh, becoming independent and creating my own company, right. and I thought, hey, maybe I can help other people, right. like I help myself yeah. by taking these degrees here in in, in, in myself. Yeah. And uh, if I could, if I could combine that with the outdoors, I would be a happy man. Right. That would be a home run, you that's know, the because dream. <laughs> that's the dream. You know, I can live off the land, yeah. Uh, yeah. and and in the land, you know, yeah. uh, helping people. Amazing. Uh, and so, so that dream kind of launched there in 2017 I launched my my company with Bolil which in in Danish means next to campfire mm -hmm. next to the campfire okay. because it creates a lot of good associations to the name mm -hmm. uh, and it, it creates good senses and good feelings and that's what people get yeah. when they uh, yeah. come and stay with me whether whether they are doing some outdoor activities yeah. Uh, primitive fire lighting yeah. or they're doing some personal uh, journeys within themselves okay now that's really interesting so uh, so that actually launched that uh, platform there into mm -hmm. the, the company mm -hmm. uh, setting yeah. and after that I 
I started watching. Well, that was also the period when I was watching Alone shows, uh, the uh, the American the Alone. The American one, yeah. Yeah, the original one, and I had the feeling watching the shows that I could be. It could be me. Yeah. You know, I I could feel how they were feeling, like what they felt in yeah. the in certain situations. Yeah. I could sense it. You know, it, it's because I'm. I have nature in my DNA from Greenland. Yeah. Uh, I started going reindeer hunting when I was two years old Holy with my parents, shit, and uh, you know, <laughs> I was living, uh, being left in the fjord when I was 12, 13, 14, uh, for three, four, five weeks uh, at a time by myself. Oh my god! And my parents were so anxious, and they were really, really, uh, you know, worried. But you know, at every time I got left off, dropped off on my own, uh, you know, purpose, mm -hmm. my own will, uh, I got more and more closer to nature. So you've done alone <clears throat> in private. A I've done it alone, yeah, 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 multiple. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I love the name you're talking about, like beside the fire, because actually the podcast is called Trial by Fire. Oh yeah, and uh, it's kind of a double meaning on the word. Obviously, trials and a trial by fire is 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 like kind of being thrown into the deep end, mm -hmm. which is something I really love. Like, and it's kind of the way we, I think we test each ourselves as outdoor people. We're always trying to test our own skills. Yeah, you know, we do courses. We do like we really try and find who we are and bring ourselves out by pushing ourselves to this limit which is a trial by fire but then also the double meaning of that is by the fire so yeah, yeah exactly. so it's really interesting actually very similar yeah kind playing of, with the words yeah and the, the association yeah. connected to yeah, it, the yeah. thematics there are great but yeah, there's yeah. so much to digest or dissect in what you're saying there <laughs> because on this podcast i've talked to jim baird oh you uh, did? Yeah. yeah who who won i can't remember what year alone with his brother when they did pairs yeah yeah, yeah. i watched um, that yeah i've spoken to uh, ed stafford oh you did, who, yeah you know and what is it about the need to uh isolate yourself you know because obviously with the american show and um, just prize money and you know people can you know they, they're doing it for the money and a lot of people it kind of holds them in sometimes but on the danish show there's no prize there's no monetary prize so what is it that drove you to like want to do this is it well, the self-discovery that you're talking about well for me i just wanted to go on a trip you know i yeah. was uh i was i had a deficit on my trip account right, uh, right. I, I was doing my alone show on my own for years and years in my childhood and uh, my growing up years and and then when i became a father for the first time in 2012 uh, and again, second time in 2016, uh, my need to go and leave the civilization and just be me, yeah. uh, it, it kind of increased rapidly. Okay. Uh, and so I, I, I really just had a, a craving for, for going away. My last really, like my last real trip was in 1995 okay. in Greenland. Right. I was out alone. Uh, for 34 days in minus 40 degrees <laughs> uh, it was in January slash February month in Greenland I was being dropped off by a hunter a local hunter uh, with some basic stuff uh, from the household yeah. you know rice and stuff potato yeah. mix uh, flour you know that kind of stuff and uh, then I was hunting on off the land Wow uh, and I was living in snow cages and, and, and cabins and stuff uh, and and I was actually human. If you if you look at the the uh, the amount of, of people I saw during those 34 days, I saw one person, mm -hmm. and that was the hunter. Yeah. Uh, for all 34 days, uh, on the alone show, I was in northern Norway, 
and I saw a bunch of people. It was like mass tourism every week. Okay. I hated it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. The, the 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 it was because the medical. Yeah, they uh, gotta come boat, in and check you. And they come sure and they... check you every week. Okay. And for me, it was really annoying. Really? I, yeah. You just didn't want to see people. I didn't want to see people. Wow. I couldn't keep my focus because <laughs> it was uh, it was misleading my focus and yeah. my my quality time. Right. You know, I had to spend hours afterwards to get back in the zone. You know. And uh, so every week I had mass tourism there. But in Greenland in 1995, that was my last real trip. Mm. So it's kind of in deficit there right. for all those years. Right. So when I was uh, uh, doing that, uh, when I was uh, sent, I sent in my application in, I think I was, it was in spring 2019. Uh, I sent in my application and I got accepted on my birthday, actually. Nice. They were tapping me on my shoulder, calling me and say, hey, Kim, you're in. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I had less than one and a half percent chance of getting into the wow. show. Yeah, so there were like hundreds and hundreds of people, really? uh, okay. applicants. Okay. So I got tapped on my my uh, my my birthday, which was a great a great gift, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so yeah, my 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 wish for this trip was actually just to get off and get away and just be me. Yeah. I I I just felt the need to be me. I I needed to reinvent and and find myself, refine myself, and redefine myself or define myself. Mm. Uh, and, and kind of go back into the archives and see who is Kim, mm, really, mm, mm. when you peel off all the layers and right. when you leave him there with kind of unsupported expedition with a, uh, an obscene uh, little amount of equipment right. and no food. Yeah. And what happens to your mind there? Being a coach, a neuropsychologic coach and a mental trainer, that's obviously quite interesting for me to find out what's happening of course uh, it's a, inside self-experimentation it is i could experience my own medicine on my own body that's amazing uh, and then i could actually pass it on afterwards yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was actually two things i, I needed a trip uh, just to get get away and, and be me yeah. i needed to test myself my mental strength yeah. what's happening on the first floor when you get dropped off right. with nothing right and you don't know when you get home the second second the third thing was that i've never been on a trip that, that I didn't have uh, a fishing rod, mm -hmm. a rifle, and a home date. So three different ways of getting food. Basically. Yeah, because yeah. I knew when I was getting yeah. home. Oh, and a home date, sorry. My, yeah. Ho yeah. my home date, yeah. if you know when you get home, you have, you have it mentally. Yeah. Here you don't have it. You don't know unless you push the button, right? So that was kind of intriguing. Uh, and what happens if you don't have your rod or your, your rifle? I'm used to using those uh, mm -hmm. tools. Mm -hmm from Greenland, from yeah, my childhood and growing up. Uh, and then I just uh, wanted to test myself and see uh, what, what, how, how will I re react and what kind of skills have I achieved over lifetime from different areas? What can I use out there? What, what is my, my level of, uh, of survival skills? Can I really sustain myself and, and live off the land? Uh, am I as bad as I think I am right. or as good as I am exactly, exactly. Uh, as I think I am yeah. so that was like kind of four or five things yeah. uh, that actually inspired me to uh, yeah. to apply dude it's always fascinating to me yeah. to talk to people that choose to like isolate themselves and yeah. as you said even for you one person a week was too much mm -hmm. um, and one of the the things that when I talked to Ed at Stafford like when he did the uh, marooned um, that he said the hardest part of it was the isolation um, and when you can s he was talking about like a feedback loop about if you tell a joke and nobody laughs you kind of go okay that wasn't a funny joke I won't tell that again but after a while when you don't see people 
those filters start to be removed and so you don't have any feedback off anybody around you so all that's left is your own sense of yourself at least that's my understanding of it i've never of course been able to do what you guys have done but it's a it's a really fascinating thing to me to see that somebody that you put yourself in such an extreme situation i can imagine how much you would really discover who you are as a person that's really cool man well you talk to me a little bit about greenland so like so you grew up in greenland and obviously it sounds like you lived pretty remotely while you were there yeah i um I was actually living one of the bigger places in Greenland. Okay. I was living in the, the capital of Greenland, Nuuk. Okay. And um, so a lot of more citizens, but still a few con considered the whole island, the world's biggest island, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, there were uh, 15,000 people, okay. 12 maybe at that time. Okay. And um, yeah, we were a small family and uh, had family branches in the cities uh, surrounding Nuuk on the west coast of Greenland. And the lifestyle we had was uh, quite often directed towards nature. So we were doing trips all year round into the nature, either for just um, like a picnic trip, mm -hmm. uh, like a cozy afternoon, take the boat right. and drive off, uh, sure. sail off uh, into the sunset, into the sunset <laughs> yeah, and find an island or, yeah. or a cliff wow. cliffside yeah. and just uh, have, have lunch or something. So cool catch a fish you know and and cook it and then pour it out on on, on a rock uh, and it has natural salted water because we boil it in salt water wow. and then we pour it, pour it out on a rock and then we just eat it from the rock right amazing um, so from that and then also to, to do specific hunting trips where the purpose of it was to fill the freezer mm -hmm. with uh, food for the winter right uh, that being either ptarmigan uh, trout salmon cod uh, redfish it could be a multiple mm -hmm. area uh, depends uh, on the season uh, I suppose. season yeah, yeah. and yeah. and what we were needing in the freezer uh, it could be uh, uh, seabirds it could be uh, mammals it could be uh, reindeer mm -hmm. it could be um, uh, arctic snow hare okay. uh, so we were doing a, a lot of different hunting trips uh, to you know to save money basically and yeah. but also because it was fun yeah. it was a family gathering thing that we did because it's a Greenlandic culture, right? We we do hunting and fishing. Sure. We are a hunting and fishing culture. Yeah. Uh, genetically, I'm only quarter Greenlandic, uh, but in my heart, I'm Greenlandic because I spent almost 30 years in Greenland before I moved to Denmark. That's enough. So uh, so that's <laughs> enough for me to feel yeah, uh, Greenlandic. Although I can't speak the language fluently, uh, I can speak enough so that I can actually manage myself today. Okay. Uh, having not used it for 10, 15 years. Wow. Uh, because it's like you know when you've uh, when you know how to do primitive fire lighting or you can know how to bicycle muscle memory you, you, yeah it's it's in the yeah. memory it's in the yeah. archives you'll re-remember it yeah. quite fast yeah yeah and is that what led you to uh, study the fishing uh, the salmon cultures that you uh, kind of went on to do with yeah. the marine biology it was actually uh, yeah it that was an, actually kind of cool loop I did because I was doing some fishing in a in a remote river in uh, the world's second largest fjord system mm -hmm. which is in Nuuk okay. and uh, the Gotshof Fjord and uh, in the bottom of that 100 kilometers away from the civilization uh, from the capital there's a small village uh, with uh, I don't know 50 or 100 people or something uh, a little community and there's one store uh, but at not, there's not always food in there right uh, it's like a, a, a small grocery store 
And then uh, I was doing some trips there all summer, every summer, mm -hmm. being dropped off and left by my parents for three, four, five weeks. That's amazing. I, I was just loving it. It was <laughs> just hell, being, man? you know, time off. Shit. And one time I was lying in my tent uh, for three weeks in, in rain, constant rain. Oh my God. Uh, and sometimes I could be in, in, in 40 degrees sun. Uh, and sometimes I, you know, it could be snowing wow. on the summer. Wow. So it was, uh, and I was actually uh, doing some fishing there and I discovered uh, a salmon species there there was only one salmon population in greenland okay a salmon spawning river uh with a sustainable population of salmon and uh that actually ended up being my my field of study on my my master's degree wow uh and close to home it was close to home and i got uh, the chance to go back and do some genetic samplings uh on the population i got some local inuits to get involved in the project of uh, collecting samples uh, dna samples and I got to fish there and, and I got to, yeah, I just, it was just a great chance of me to do a, a, a loop. I also did it on my bachelor's degree. I, I discovered uh, a huge population of uh, and, uh, uh, the most rare orchid in whole Greenland. And wow. not many people have seen it oh flowering. Yeah. It's called Amororchis rotundifolia. Okay. It's, uh, it's an orchid that's, um, it's called, what's it called in English? A round leaf orchid, I think. Okay. Uh, it's endemic to North America, and since Greenland is a part of uh, geologically is part of North America continent mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in ancient times. Towards Alaska, it, it's yeah. it, it's uh, it kind of migrate. Uh, it's it sort of made a subpopulation in Greenland. Okay, and it has uh, specific local populations and uh, adaptations to the environment. Oh my God! Uh, so I did a study on that as well, yeah. which was actually close to the Salmon River. So I did all my my master study and my oh, bachelor study on the Salmon River. In the place that I actually spent years and years of my childhood being alone. Man, that must be so rewarding to be it able was. to, like, give a, a place that is probably to not like most people, like you know, completely remote. Nobody knows that it's even there, yeah. you know. And to be able to come back as an adult with the skills or yeah. the, the the level of education that you've had, to be actually able to quantify what it is or that makes the place that you come from so special. Yeah. Very special and very rewarding, rewarding, and uh, also very uh it was kind of yeah making the loop you know fill, f finishing the circle right yeah and i got to finish it and uh there were some some subsequently uh modifications to the salmon fishing mm -hmm. uh for the ministry of greenland they, they did some adjustments after my, wow. my report and, and uh making the, it putting a stamp on your yeah, own yeah, yeah yeah i did yeah. a little bit of, of footprint on the amazing, on, on something in greenland and i'm very pr proud of that and sure. uh I found out, I discovered from my study that uh, the genetic isolation degree of the salmon population is quite uh, remote okay. from other species uh, in the northern so hemisphere. Okay. Because it has so strong local adaptations, so it's very unique, mm -hmm. it's a red-listed uh, species and we should conserve it and, and preserve it as a, as, a, as a unique species. Okay. Uh, so that was uh, some of the final conclusions on yeah. my, my genetic uh, study so cool what um, kind of what kind of adaptations were they were specific uh, to that region it was uh, for uh, for spawning it was for behavior for feeding it was from uh, temperature okay uh, we have arctic summers yeah uh, it's a very short window where everything happens super fast mm -hmm. and then it dies out yeah uh, so everything has to uh, happen fast the problem however is that the area where the salmon population has been 
self-sustaining uh, itself for years and years although it has closed itself into uh, interbreeding uh, problems mm -hmm. uh, it it kind of <clears throat> they have a problem of uh, of growing because it's very oligotrophic it's very um, low nutrition in the in the waters right so uh, so the problem is that everything grows slow Okay. Uh, so the fish grow slow because the the food is scarce, mm -hmm. uh, and the food intake is very short period mm -hmm. of time, and uh, the amount is is less, and the growing rate is super slow. Okay. So the fish um, they have to grow very old in order to be able to leave the stream mm -hmm. and home back. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the Atlantic salmon. They home back mm -hmm. and they spawn again, and they go out to the Atlantic oceans and they home again okay. that's specific for the Atlantic uh, salmon. salmon for the for the Pacific salmon species they they home once and they die okay that's where the uh, the bear uh, have a feast of uh, salmon you know right. okay. that's where they float downstream because yeah. they die after they they spawn that was so fascinating when um, like, so so yeah. yeah so so that was um, so that's the, the thing of the local adaptations so they have uh, adapted themselves to extreme low temperatures slow growing rate mm -hmm. Uh, uh, low nutrition uh, waters uh, and that kind of things so yeah. local local stuff right wow. yeah local environmental stuff uh, 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 yeah so that's really and it's a genetic unique population so you can't just um, try to put in other species mm. with genetic material mm. there and 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 see if you can make it breed there because they don't have the local adaptations okay, in so the they, genes so they die they would die. simply die, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, you have several species of trout, and then you have this one population of salmon in that's whole Greenland. That's amazing. So that was my field of study, and that was my my home ground, my playground sure. when I was uh, young and a teenager. And it was just a, a great place because it was close to the ice cap, so I could do a, a hike up in thousand meters, uh, three thousand feet, and I could camp up there, and I had a three sixty uh, degree view. And uh, I had the most amazing sunset over the, the inland ice cap uh, to one side, r rising from the inland ice cap and so then a cool. sunset to, to the west. Yeah. You know, I had the ice cap below me and I had a 10,000 meter packed fjord with ice cubes. Yeah. And uh, to the west, I, you know, it was just an amazing of place. Course, I, I could just imagine. disappear, you know, it was, sure. my, it was my place, right? Yeah, yeah. I felt it and I could feel the nature. I could feel energies in there. I I've actually always could feel something in the nature. Yeah. Uh, some people actually say I change my eye color when I get uh, out and alone really? for a long time. Yeah. Wow. Uh, several people have said that to wow. me. And um, I sense energies in the nature. I sense things that could happen if I continue in a certain direction, which is why I change my direction for no other reason than my feeling. Yeah. And I can feel it uh, getting goosebumps and I can feel a sense something something is there wow. telling me i shouldn't go forward i should turn something is private something is not to be seen it's a really weird uh, feeling that so i, I always yeah. felt this really really strong connection to nature right so this is my home this is my place where i actually feel safe so imagine nature being your home and being a left alone on the alone show 
you feel actually you know now you know how you get mass tourism feeling yeah when the yeah. doctors come every week yeah with the whole crew that's amazing man. yeah i mean the only like the one time i've ever felt that as you said like, almost like a sixth sixth sense when you're yeah. in, in the woods and um, i spent three more months up in the arctic in sweden yeah uh, just working with a friend of mine and uh they have bears and stuff up there and the bears had started waking up and now i'm not saying there was a bear in that like i but I felt weird. I was walking around in mm. snowshoes. I was walking through the woods, and I found like an an, an imprint in the snow yeah. from like an animal had been lying there. And I just, like you said, the hair stood up on my neck. And yeah. I just got this weird feeling. I was yeah. like, I should go home now. Yeah. And I just, and thankfully, I wasn't too far from the house I was living in. And I was quite scared up there because it was not an environment I was used to. Minus thirty to me is is the coldest I've ever been in. Yeah. And it was. And I was kind of scared being up there by myself. Like if I was going out sure, for walks, yeah. I was making sure that I was, wasn't too far from home, that my phone was charged, all that kind of thing. Yeah. But this one day, just walking in my snowshoes, and I saw this imprint, and I just felt weird. Yeah. And I said, I'm going home now. And mm. I walked back the way I came pretty fast. Yeah. And it's the first time, or the only time that that's ever happened to me in nature, where I just had a weird sixth sense. Yeah. Didn't see anything. No. You know, but uh, but it's, it's that's amazing. But in terms of, I suppose, for the... For the Alone Show, obviously it was a personal journey for you and a personal experience. But throughout the whole experience, you have to be recording things. You have to be documenting your day. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, for a few people that I've spoken to that have done the Alone Show said that that was almost like the only thing that kept them like occupied during the day. That, you know, they would have been really bored if not for that. But I get a sense from you that maybe that would have been like something that you probably didn't really... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Would that was that an obstacle for you to have to document and record yourself every day? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it was annoying, and I I I left my cameras in the in the in the in the woods, uh, unpurposely, right. uh, and I had to go back and look for it because I was really being focused on what I was doing. Yeah. And then I I, I simply left my cameras. I forgot to bring them with me. Okay. Uh, a few times, and I had to go back and look look for them. I, I, I found them all every time right but uh, yeah for me it was annoying it was um, it was directing my focus to something uh, that wasn't pleasant for me mm -hmm. it was directing my focus to something civilized it was directing me to electronics and devices and stuff uh, it was my job I had to sign the contract to and then I accepted well I, I didn't have to sign the contract uh, I could say no and then I wouldn't get on the show right, right? but if I put my my name on the paper, uh, I would that was automatically job. accept the the filming yeah. and res and recordings every day, hours the whole day long. So for me, it was annoying. Uh, and just to do uh, the loop to Ed Stafford's uh, thinking of uh, of what's what's left after you tell a joke and there's no response yeah. and you just sit there all by yourself. For me, on the the alone. I wasn't alone, you know. Okay. Uh, it was me and the nature. Yeah. So it was actually two. It was a dualism, you know. I had wow. I had this uh, feeling. It was um, it was a like a synergetic. It was like a positive synergetic feeling, you know, with me and nature. It was like um, yin and yang, you know. It was it was just uh, it was running, you know. We were flowing. I could feel the nature. Nature was telling me things. I read it. I was acting on that. Uh, uh, as the season progressed, uh, I started in September. I got picked up in November, so I had the the whole spectrum of, of of weather and season going into winter uh, from the late summer, and it was amazing. But I was never alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel actually, honestly, I didn't feel enough alone. 
but obviously I was alone on my habitat, my, my site, but I wasn't enough alone because I could see uh, salmon fishers uh, on small boats passing on the horizon on the far end of this, this, the big lake, a freshwater lake that was we were being dropped off by. I could see planes and every week there was a medical check and there was this uh, huge bunch of staff members that was uh, running around my site and uh, doing different stuff you know we had to change batteries we had to switch camera memory cards and the doctor had to look me in the eyes and mm -hmm. you know there was a journalist there was a cameraman there was a photography uh, you know right, right. and there was a, a skipper the the boatsman he was actually quite fun uh, <laughs> uh, Alfred uh, Alfred uh, he came up to me and uh, he was getting so excited he heard about my my cabin I built yeah. uh, the the rumors were running in the alone program camp production camp and uh, so that some of the production managers they had uh, difficulties in uh, preventing people from joining the boat because they, a secret. they they wanted to see my cabin what? because uh, people were telling wow. uh, about uh, stories about my cabin. That's so cool, man. Uh, so yeah, Alpha he got kicked out of my cabin because uh, <laughs> he he entered it and he took pictures and oh, he was so shit. into the the thing and it was quite fun because. How did you do the refrigerator with no current? How did you uh, do the bed? How did you elevate your campfire? How did you, you know? He was super into he it. He was super into it. <laughs> and, so and, cool. and, and, you know, being a local guy, I got kind of acknowledged mm -hmm. for my effort. Mm -hmm. And I got, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the feeling that I was doing something great. Yeah, yeah for sure. Al already, uh, I knew that. But yeah. it was kind of nice that's to have this well, dialogue. Well, it's feedback, like you said. It was a feedback, yeah. you know. And it was too cozy for the production management. So they Barely. were kind of strict when they got... Uh, visits when they visited me because okay. uh, they knew that I was in full control <laughs> uh, and I actually didn't want them uh, to come because I wanted to be more alone oh, wow, man. Uh, so the only thing they wanted to weigh me yeah. uh, and the doctor uh, never asked me how I was yeah. because could uh, see that you only the first time uh, and then I said I'm fine I'm I'm, I'm leaving when I'm my family comes yeah. and, and yeah. picks me up wow. uh, and then she never asked me again he could, she could see me. She was an old Nor Norwegian military doctor, yeah. very experienced and trained, and she could tell by the look in my eyes I was doing great, wow. and I was actually feeling mentally great. And I never felt alone. I never felt bored. I I was always doing something, lying on my bed, looking in the fire, or picking berries, fixing my gill net, or uh, building my cabin, uh, isolating my roof. I could build a floor, I could elevate my bed, yeah. I could build, rebuild my fire, I could build my, my refrigerator. I had tons of stuff and yeah. didn't plan it in the first place. Yeah. I was just taking it as it came. Yeah. Uh, so I actually, and I switched activities. So I was doing uh, less moving activities, switching to moving activities so I could regain my warmth. Mm -hmm. So I was actually switching activities on purpose okay. to specific types so I could actually regain my warmth. So wow. I could go back to fixing my gill net, which is kind of energy draining, uh, sure. temperature draining uh, work, right? Sure. And then I would go and and uh, and, and and cleave the, the, the woods or, or do some sawing, sure. you know? And then I could gain my warmth and then I could go back and fix my gill net, yeah. which was uh, completely messed up from all the locks I was pick, uh, hauling up from sure, the ground, sure. from, the, from the bay. Uh, so yeah, I was never ever feeling uh, alone and I had a great understanding of myself in my own company. I was thriving in my own company. I didn't have the feeling to talk to people. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the feeling to talk to the camera. 
I preferably wouldn't want to talk to the camera, but I had to. So I was I was doing it because it was my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and out there it was uh, annoying for me to film uh, because I had three cameras and I, I had to do everything. My microport ran out of batteries. I had to go over the mountain to get new batteries because I forgot, you know, and I forgot the camera. And then I like I, I could triple the length of it of a hike because I had because to of fi- the cameras. because of the cameras yeah. I had to film the direct. The walking correct, away and walking then, like yeah. the the passage the transport uh stuff right sure it takes so much time yeah, and people don't re- realize that sure. when they see the show yeah. it looks like there's a crew filming right yeah that because that's because it takes a lot of time of to do the filming you from the right off, you gotta go back you go back and it, forth and back yeah. and forth and yeah. it's like triple the length of yeah. the hike of um so yeah so no i never felt alone i i had i was thriving in my own company and i was uh hardly speaking to myself actually mm. i was contemplating uh, quite often but I was more reacting to nature's breathing you know mm-hmm. uh, what's nature telling me today okay uh, sun is shining uh, a, a front is moving in okay that means I have to prioritize my time now what would I like to do I was coaching myself out there right as a coach I can coach myself mm-hmm. putting myself into coaching position yeah. asking me quite myself questions how would I like to feel or be when I when the clouds hit me okay I would like to have picked these berries I would like to have finished this outdoor activity and then I could move inside and do some indoor activity when the rain is pouring mm-hmm. I had 40 days of rain yeah uh, so I was uh, really days of rain. I, 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 I was kind of mixing you know when there were small weather windows windows mm-hmm. I was going outside yeah I was spending every minute I was spending outside was calculated yeah it was it was a purpose with everything I did also the speed of the walking I did out there I actually slowed down my metabolism and my, my, my fat metabolism, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I speeded down, I slowed down my, my carbohydrates uh, needs wow. by, by speeding my, my own walking process. Okay. Uh, so I was doing phys- physiological uh, uh, adjustments yeah. out there yeah. to, to fit my, my current situation mm-hmm. of, uh, of, of living. Uh, everything I did out there was on with, purpose. With purpose. With purpose, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was in full control, but it wasn't hard for me because I, I knew myself. Mm-hmm. I've been there before, mm-hmm. and this was um, this was different. Although I I have had been there, but it was different because I didn't have a uh, a rifle or or a fishing rod, and I didn't have a return ticket. Uh, right. Date. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So something was different, right? Yeah. And that's that was uh, interesting to to check out and sure. see. But uh, it was it was quite easy for me, although it would kill most people sure. <laughs> and tap out uh, sure. very fast. Yeah. But for me. It was challenging, uh, f- and it was it was nice, and it was exciting for de- because I wanted to test myself, mm-hmm. and they put me on this specific location so I could test myself. Yeah. I'm sure right. it wasn't randomly picked right. the spot I was in. You think it, they put you there on purpose? Yeah, it was a hopeless p- uh, habitat because I had to <clears throat> I had to I was dropped off a place with no sun, no berries, no no beach, no place to camp. I had nothing, mm-hmm. right? So I had to find myself there living there and mm-hmm. I couldn't see myself living there I had no sun I had no berries right uh, I had huge logs uh, of a uh, on the in the in the woods right I couldn't build with it it would take too much energy mm-hmm. so I think they put me there on purpose they wanted to see what would I do to get out of this mes- misery mm-hmm. it was a, a lousy uh, sight and on day seven when the rain came I was waiting for it to come uh, everything happened as planned for me because I was waiting for the rain to come mm-hmm. and the rain came on the surface of, of the ground because it was fully 
uh, absorbed with water. Saturated. So the rest saturated, yeah, and the rest would just run off on the surface. And it rained down to my camp as expected. Uh, it, the water level from the sea didn't rise high enough because I was way off above the highest tide level. Mm -hmm. I was looking for ancient tide marks okay. when I was finding my spot <laughs> uh, because I knew from Greenland there Dude, was you four. Got some skills. I, I was looking for like four or five meters of tide difference from Greenland. That okay. was my experience. Right. So I was looking for ancient tide marks, like 40, 50, 60 years old tide marks in the landscape. Right. And I would camp up there yeah. above that. Right. And then I would know because of the elevation of the terrain. I, the water level would never rise up to my campsite. Of course. And actually, what happened up there was a 60-year, uh, like a 100-year uh, uh, thing that happened with the weather. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the biggest uh, increasement of water level in 60 years, and it never hit my camp. Wow. So I found the right spot. So you were right where you should have been. I was. Yeah. yeah I calculated everything, yeah. right? I could read the landscape. Wow. So being able to read the nature and being able to feel the nature gives you... Uh, a kind of tranquility in your mind it gives you it calms you down and it makes you relax and you can actually focus and just be yourself and sense the nature and not being in a survival situation from day one right and fighting it and fighting it you're with it yeah you're living with it yeah. you're here on a long time but yeah. you're living there on the nature's premises but you're there and you're living with it as long as possible you're not surviving yeah. I was never surviving I was living right right and I was cooperating with the nature. I was adapting all the time over the season changing to winter. Uh, so everything I did out there was on purpose mm -hmm. due to something that was uh, smart because I was one, two weeks ahead of my time. Right. I was preparing myself. For a week ahead. For a week ahead. Yeah. I, had, I had everything on stock for two weeks. Yeah. Food, berries, fish, uh, firewood in different sizes, all from small kindling up to big logs. I had everything. Everything was like, you know, Clockwork. organized. Yeah, it was like. <laughs> That's amazing. And I didn't have the, the, the need to talk to myself. Yeah. I was talking to nature uh -huh. without talking, right? Yeah. I was just being there. And that was my talking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I didn't miss company. No. Yeah. I was there with nature. And that was because I had this close uh, connection with mm -hmm. nature. So mm -hmm. I, I never felt uh, the need to see other people. Right. How's your life been since you got back? Um, well, my life after I, I got home was uh, was different. It was difficult uh, because I was uh, not alone. Mm -hmm. I was a uh, dad. Very much not uh, alone. <laughs> and uh, I had multiple amount of, of, uh, of caps now. I had right. to take care of my kids, yeah. my, my wife, myself in the cities. There was car and, you know... Uh, complications. Uh, complications, you know, civilized living. stuff. Yeah. And that was difficult for me to, to be in. I, I, I spent quite a few weeks to, to become in sync with my own family. Mm. I had to get them in doses, small doses mm. in the beginning, which was kind of annoying for both my, my kids and, and me because we were apart for 60 days. Mm. And the most natural thing would be that we were together, but I just couldn't cope it. You know, it was overwhelming. It was too much. It was like an overstimulating thing yeah. uh, because I was so alone out there. Yeah. I was getting used to it. I was thriving. I wasn't missing my family. I actually, on purpose, forgot them. Mm -hmm. I, you had I, to put that out of your I mind. I had to put it yeah. way back on the archive. That seems to be... Uh, it was my yeah. strategy. It yeah. worked for me. Yeah, because a lot of uh, people that I've seen on any shows that I've watched, a lot of shows, 
one of the main reasons people top out is they miss their partners, they miss their exactly. family, they miss their kids. Exactly. And they're just like, they'll, they'll be crying about it, they miss their family. So as cruel as it sounds, maybe that is the best strategy is to like try and somehow purposefully put them out it of could your be. mind somehow. It could be. Yeah. It was my, my strategy. Yeah. And, and my wife told me three things when I, when I left the train station in, in, in my hometown. She said three things. Honey, enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Take care of yourself. And n don't come back if you miss us. Right, right. Okay. And then I said, okay, yeah. but you'll pick me up out there. Okay. You'll come and pick me up. <laughs> you knew you were going to get it. And, uh, <laughs> and then she said, okay, and we smiled and we cried and we said goodbye. So cool. Huh? So I took care of myself. Mm -hmm. I never tapped out because of, of me missing them. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, it was just, it was just uh, everything yeah. was just uh, there. You know, I, I, and I was enjoying myself. Yeah. I was super much enjoying myself, yeah. but it was difficult to come home. Sure. Uh, I had a lot of water in my body because of uh, the very high fat and salt contents of the food after I got home. Okay. Um, but that was one thing. And then the social things, I, I was, uh, it was difficult for me to be amongst people. Uh, it took quite some time, uh, over a month, to be used to be within the city's city borders. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but... Uh, but it was, uh, and then I lost uh, between a quarter and a third of my weight, mm -hmm. which was okay uh, because I wasn't, I, I could still lose uh, 10 pounds, uh, maybe 12 pounds before I would hit my limit, mm -hmm. my bottom, my, my lowest limit. Mm -hmm. I calculated that from home as well okay. because I knew with which method they would be using uh, to, to measure okay. uh, my weight loss yeah, out there yeah. for, for the doctors predicting me now it's time to go home. Okay. Uh, so I knew that already. Uh, because that's happened for all the the other three sure, seasons, sure. so obviously that's going to happen in season four. Yeah. Uh, so I calculated that, and I could, uh, as I got weighed every week on a digital weight, I could see my weight loss, mm -hmm. uh, and I could follow it, and then I could uh, follow my 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 calculations, Your progress, yeah. my, my progress, yeah. and I could actually see that I could I managed to control my weight loss after my my cabin building, mm -hmm. I lost twenty pounds. Just from, uh, just building, from, the from building the cabin, yeah. yeah, and that's what actually what I gained. I gained 22 pounds uh, before I, I, I left the <laughs> just so you could build that cabin. <laughs> so I could build a cabin, right? <laughs> so it was a strategic. It was a feast, you know. I had a party for a month, that's so uh, good. eating everything that's I know, uh, and uh, that I normally don't eat. Uh, but it cost me a cabin, and that was fine because I I, I, I built them a completely stable, warm home. You know, when so my good. family it got and picked me up on day 60 in November. Uh, it was minus five degrees, uh -huh. and uh, in my cabin I had between 50, uh, 25 and 30 degrees Celsius. Nice, toasty. And uh, I had a campfire going. I had coffee on my can. Uh, I had a smoked salmon. I smoked a trout on my background. I had berries on the refrigerator. Nice. You know, I had a nice cozy bed with the, which was insulated. Brilliant. I had the floor with insulation underneath. It was just a nice cabin. You know, it was a safe home. Yeah. Having a safe base. Is, uh, is is important yeah. for 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 you to yeah, yeah for yeah. psychological also for for your uh, progression out there and it's really important that you have your own place and you can count on it yeah. no matter what happens You've you can go own. in there you have your home it's a stable base yeah so yeah. that was uh, important but yeah. it was difficult to come home yeah I'm sure but I mean 
just seeing you talk today in the stage, like you seem like you're a very natural sort of front man. You're able to, you're almost reliving it the way, you, I mean, you were doing the presentation in Danish, obviously, so yeah. I didn't understand it, but almost I didn't need to because I could see what you were talking about because you were like reliving these moments. You were getting uh, a pot and you are putting it on your face and yeah. you were saying, oh, I had to do this. And yeah. it was great, man. It's like a oh, full show. Yeah. It was it was really cool. Well, Kim, I know you're you're uh, eager to get home and look, you're a very special person. Uh really amazing to talk to you and thanks for taking the time and it's been sure. an absolute pleasure to have you on thank um, you do you have anything you want to throw out there before we uh, uh, only only one thing uh, is that uh, it, it, all the things that happened after I got home uh, I wanted to use the Alon show as a jump off uh, to to establishing my company mm -hmm. uh, problem was that the corona hit of course uh, the whole world also Denmark uh, so the problem was that I couldn't use it as a as a jump off uh, platform sure. to, to start to shoot off my uh, my, sure. my company, and uh, being uh, almost two years now after the Alone show was uh, shown on TV, I don't have the feeling really uh, of that I want to show, okay. because because I I still I only have two or three live shows after my my uh, your win my win, yeah. and it doesn't feel like a like a win should feel like right. right. It, because I was restricted due to all these regulations okay. of Corona. Was it a letdown or was it? It, it, it was. Yeah. It was. I, I, I felt. I knew I, I won, but I didn't feel I won. Right. I, I couldn't feel finish the story. Yeah. I couldn't go out and tell people that I won and how I won it. Yeah. Because one thing is uh, the show on the TV. It's edited a lot. Yeah. It's edited a lot. Of course. You know, I, I, I gave them over 500 hours of, of recordings. Of course. And it's really edited. Have you I'm, watched it? I have watched it, yeah, yeah. And I can partly see myself, but I'm not happy with uh, all the things. So there's, uh, they're trying to uh, make me look like I cry, I, c I get really emotional, or I'm tapping out. You know, mm. they want drama. It's yeah. reality. Of course. Uh, they have e editing freedom, uh, but but that's a part of it when you yeah. sign the contract. So yeah, it's it's a very frustrating feeling that I actually won something that's really unique, uh, and didn't get money for it. Uh, I did it for personal reasons, yeah. and for the honors, yeah. and for for the company. Yeah. My my company. I want to live from my company, right? But I never got the chance to fulfill that dream mm -hmm. and finish the project mm -hmm. because of coronavirus. Yeah. So now everything is opening up. I'm trying to restir the pot, you know, and create some heat and, and yeah. get the pot going again Absolutely. because but that you know after me there's a, already two new winners from a pair season and the new season is being recorded as we speak yeah. uh, somewhere in, in probably Norway yeah. uh, with another couple uh, I predict and uh, so I'm behind right mm -hmm. I'm not new I'm not on right. top of mind right so it's really difficult to get that uh, moment going yeah. again yeah. it's like a big wheel that's stuck right yeah. Because who's Kim? I am getting recognized on the street, all which is kind of uh, interesting and 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 surprising because I haven't done any live shows right. hardly right. at all, and and still people well, recognize people, me. People were sitting at home, and all they had to do was watch TV. So yeah, 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 they were home because of Corona. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, maybe it's my luck. Um, yeah. But but uh, I just wanted to say that I'm trying to 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 reestablish my feet again yeah. to uh, to launch my own company trying to help people in the nature with either their personal uh, achievements with their minds uh, some personal goals it could be physical goals it could be uh, like hand skills like mm -hmm. handcraft skills mm -hmm. or, or bushcraft skills 
or it could be just a family gatherings or a company gathering yeah. uh, event. It could be anything in the outdoors yeah. and that's what I want to live off right. because that gives me energy. Yeah. Seeing people grow all the way from people that are psychologically imbalanced that I work with uh, on, 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 on weekly uh, and monthly basis mm -hmm. from the mun municipality mm -hmm. where I live in mm -hmm. on outdoor trips all the way to uh, company management leaders that need to be coached in the outdoors so they can open up and, and look in themselves and everything in there between bushcraft uh, events and stuff it, it gives me energy yeah. it, it, it makes me feel that I'm doing something seeing a kid six year old doing primitive fire lighting and, and experiencing him or her telling the mothers or the grandparents that I did make a fire it was it, that is so rewarding yeah. you know and also today I was doing a a, a course in in, in, in fire mm -hmm. lighting primitive fire lighting and there were so many people there that never tried this and they I succeeded yeah, they and they were they were laughing they were clapping the, yeah. they were enjoying yeah. themselves and it gives me energy yeah of course and it also gives me energy to see people find themselves yeah. and finding the, what they are yeah. what they believe in what's their direction and it just helps me helping other people in nature because yeah. it helps me yeah uh, so that's my dream that's yeah. what i'm trying to 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 live off now sure. uh, in the future sure, sure. Um, well hopefully after yeah. people are hearing you on the show that they'll uh, go and uh, find yourself we'll make sure to put uh, your website uh, yeah, in, sure. the, in the link of this show so guys check that out as well yeah. but Gim thank you again so much you're welcome thank you yeah. thank you for Have your time thanks yeah, thanks